Welcome back to the Puma Podcast. I am Tori. Yes, you are. And, <laughs> and I'm Puma. <laughs> yes, yes, you are too. Yeah, guys, welcome back to our podcast. We are so glad you're here. We're currently talking about what it means to be a disciple. The last couple of weeks, we talked about our purpose. Why are we here? You know, what's the point? Even as a Christian, it, there's so much, there has to be more than just doing church stuff and doing biblical stuff. There really is a bigger, higher purpose, and that's found in the Great Commission, to go and make disciples. And so the last couple of podcasts, we've talked about that. We talked about last week on what is a disciple. Is it really just like, you know, behavior modification? Well, we would think the Bible would say no. It is. It should change our behavior, but that's not necessarily why a disciple is someone who shapes their life around the values and priorities of Jesus. There's a lot of things that change our behavior. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not like it's just <laughs> just our theology, but... Yeah, well, you said that, and the first thing I thought was, yeah, you know, we're, it's not just behavior modification, but man, someone is in love, their behavior changes. That's true, yeah. yeah that's what, but I, just, I just had a picture, you know, yeah. I will walk 5,000 miles and I'll swim the English Channel. And, right. you know, I mean, that's true. Well, I mean, love is part of that. I mean, what we yeah. love does change us. Well, that's what we've been talking about. It's not just, you know, my life changes because it's the right thing to do. It's couched mm-hmm. in a relationship with the living God through the person of Jesus. You know, yeah. it's abiding in Jesus and getting to know him. Right. So it's not about behavior, mm-hmm. you know, strictly. Right. But uh, it's easy to fall into that, though. Yeah. I've heard lots of really good, and I would say even great, in my opinion, Christian people who tell me, yeah, you know, I'm a good Christian person because I do a lot of discipleship classes and I have a Bible degree and like they're very well educated and they think that they're a disciple of Jesus because they know and, and they might even do certain things, but their life does not surround and is, I guess, crafted by the priorities. And we talked briefly just last week about Jesus was devoted to prayer. He was devoted to obedience, doing the Father's will. Jesus was devoted and, and to people. He was, he was with people, relational. He loved well. He also was devoted and just meditated on God's word and had a high value for the word of God and all those other you know, priorities of Jesus. So this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the methodology because we can talk, you know, theory and we know Jesus. Yeah, he did things, but was, was there a method to that? I mean, did he just kind of, I don't know, live a few years and do some discipleship stuff or was, was there more to Jesus' life than just what he valued? Well, you talk about his priorities, and you mentioned some of those as far as prayer and in the Bible, and these are all good things. No one could say these are bad things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, was there some rhyme or reason to Jesus' life when he, when he came? And I really think Matthew 28, the Great Commission, we've talked about that, where, you know, the, Jesus, before he ascends to heaven, he, he gathers his disciples around, Mm-hmm. And he commissions them. He gives them, in a sense, their their mission, you know, mm-hmm. their their reason for still being here until they're called to their eternal home to be mm-hmm. with Jesus forever. Mm-hmm. And and that mission was to make disciples. Now, one thing Jesus never did was say, "Do as I say, but not as I do." Mm-hmm. Jesus always said, "Do as I say," because this is what I am doing. Right. And he modeled it. He modeled it. So you have John fourteen. Right, it's the night before his his death on the cross. John fourteen one, he says, "Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me." Mm-hmm. 
And we know that Jesus' heart was troubled. Yeah. The disciples' hearts were troubled, but Jesus never told them to do something that he himself was not doing. He mm-hmm. always, he modeled it. He, he is, he is the, the model. He's the, the example. He's the one that we follow. He, it's not just what he says, but what he does. And he says, let me show you. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to show you. And so when he said to his disciples in Matthew 28, your mission is to make disciples who make disciples and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And the disciple isn't someone like me. Your mission is to make disciples who are like Jesus. Mm. So as we are following Jesus, we help other people learn what it means to follow Jesus. Not following us, right. following Jesus. Right. So that begs the question then, when what did Jesus have any process or, or method, you know, mm. to do that? And a lot of times people don't even think about that. They don't look at Jesus. Does he have a is he what, what what's he doing? They just you know, we come to church and we hear a story, and the next week you hear a different story. Mm-hmm. The next week we have a different story, and they're just individual stories. Yeah, right. They're not necessarily connected in any way, or right. even chronologically. You know, mm-hmm. what comes first? What how's? Yeah, when I was well, yeah, Sunday school. Even uh, even this church, a great church. I was always told that you know Jesus was here for three years because he had to f- fulfill prophecy. And because I remember I, I was not a smart aleck, but I just raised my hand and I asked, how come if Jesus is perfect, why did he die for our sins as a baby? Like, why did he have to wait around and like grow up if he was God? And the answer was, well, you know, he started his ministry at 30. We don't know why, but we know that he had to fulfill prophecy. And so that's why he didn't die right away. And I always thought it was kind of odd because, yeah, we hear these stories. They seem just kind of out of place. Like he went this way, he walked on water, he fed a bunch of people. And it's like, well... I mean, that, that's cool and great and, yeah, inspiring stories, but it seems so random to me. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, because we looked at John seventeen four, which, again, is the last night of Jesus' life. Hmm. And I, the reason I mentioned that is because I think it's really important to know when he says this. Because, hmm. again, we could look at, you know, John 17, his high priestly prayer, and we can look at it and read it and say, oh, yeah, it's a nice, you know, Jesus prayed for us. And that's the lesson. Jesus prayed for us. Mm. But knowing when that took place really gives it a whole different color, a whole different flavor. In other yeah. words, understanding the context of, of that mm-hmm. really changes how we understand what Jesus is, is saying there. Mm. In John seventeen four, Jesus says, Father, I brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you, you gave, me to do. gave me to do. So Jesus lived a life of obedience, and he had a work or a mission to accomplish before he went to the cross. Yeah. Hmm. Jesus told his disciples, make disciples. And Jesus didn't tell them, do as, as I say, but not what I've been doing. Je- they had a, such a clear picture of what Jesus meant when he said make disciples, because that's exactly what Jesus did in and through and with them. Right, yeah. The whole, all Gospels, all three and a half years, they saw Jesus live this. So yeah, it is interesting that his last night, I mean, the last night that you're going to be alive, you know, at least in their mind, what you would say would be super important. And yeah, if, if we had hung out for three and a half years and you have lived what it means to be a disciple and you tell me, hey, go go make disciples, which is what you've done to me, yeah, how would I miss that? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they knew they knew what Jesus meant because he had modeled that. Hmm. So then the question is, so so how did Jesus do that? Did he have a, like a method or was it just kind of a haphazard, hmm. you know, a shotgun? So just a, a quick 
little bit about my life when I first started in youth ministry years and years and years ago. And I, my very first year, I, you know, I, I did everything I was expected to do. I did everything that people, you know, every, every, what every parent wanted. And, you know, I just, I did what I thought a pastor's mm-hmm. supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You do all these things. And af- after a year, I ended up in the hospital. Mm. Um, not because of ministry, although <laughs> it probably could have been, but I, right. it was because of my appendix. My appendix had rotted, <laughs> oh, uh, which is man. a pretty exciting thing. And so I ended up in the hospital, and I was in the hospital for a week because what I didn't know is that they thought it had started to rot my large intestine mm. and that they were concerned that I might have to remove part of my large intestine. Yeah. And so after a year, um, God knew that I was um, close to burnout after mm-hmm. just one year doing everything that everybody wanted. I didn't really have any rhyme or reason to other than trying to meet people's expectations and trying to fit everything in, even expectations I had for myself of what a good youth pastor is supposed to do. You know, I read books and I see what other people are doing and I try to, you know, imitate this person and that person. And in every decision I made, someone's unhappy, whether it's a parent or a student or, you know, you know, the leadership of the church. And I couldn't, and it's like, I couldn't make anybody happy and I was miserable and I ended up in the hospital mm-hmm. and God really used that time, I think, to really uh, slap me around a little bit. I remember thinking, you know, God, if this is what ministry is, if this is what the Christian life is, I'm done. Mm-hmm. This isn't, I, I, I don't, I, I'm worn out trying to meet everyone's expectations and do all these different things, you know, as far as, you know, um, you know, activities right. and lessons and all this stuff. Meeting people and families. Yeah. And so, um, I asked my wife to bring me some material to read because after a couple of days, the appendix part was feeling okay, but they still were concerned. I didn't know this, but so I was in the hospital for close to a week but I was starting feeling good enough to read and, and I really needed to rest. And so she brought some information in some books and, and manuals and I had had a manual from a, a seminar that I'd gone to looking at Jesus's life and kind of the strategy of how he made disciples, mm. <laughs> ironically. Yeah. And I love the word strategy. I like strategy games. And so I started reading through the manual and it started to click. Well, Jesus didn't run around just trying to meet everyone's expectations. What, what does his mother Mary want? What's her expectation? Oh, what are the, what are the rabbi's expectations for me? Oh, here's some blind people. What is their expectation? Oh, here's a, a leper. What are they, what's their expectation for me? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here's people in my hometown. What they're, oh, here's my, my brother James, right? What's his expectation for me? Jesus, the, the expectation that Jesus sought to meet was the one his father had given him. His father had given him a mission. Yeah. And he was going to walk according to the, the beat of the father's drum. And when you start looking at Jesus's life from the time of like his, his baptism all the way to his resurrection, he had a very clear uh, laser focus um, understanding of why he was here, mm-hmm. what he was about, what the father wanted him to do. And he marched to that. You know, when we think about effective ministry, like you and I have been involved in ministry, yeah. you know, what was effective ministry or successful ministry? <laughs> you know? I mean, how yeah. do we measure results, right? right? Yeah, what does success look like? What is, you know, we're always asking that question, and, and we were, you know, again, we're, we're trying to meet everyone else's expectations of success. You and I are talking right now, and those listening who desire to know Jesus, follow Jesus, why why do we have that perspective right now? Why do we want to know Jesus and, and, and 
be a disciple and make disciples mm. because someone talked to us, because someone talked to them, because someone talked to them, because someone influenced them, someone discipled them all the way back to the life of Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Jesus started this over 2,000 years ago, which is just amazing to me. I yeah. mean, if what I do, or what you and I do today, still has a, a significant impact 2,000 years from now in the lives of people, mm. would you say that that was <laughs> worthwhile investment yeah, of time good. and energy and ministry? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You see, Jesus, I think, was very strategic. And uh, I don't think it was super complicated, but I think very, very strategic yeah. in, in what he did. So what is the strategy? I mean, yeah, you say strategic strategy method. You know, I mean, Jesus was 100% God, 100% man. You know, I guess if it asked briefly, was this a God-inspired method? Like, you know, he was man, but like God gave him this ability supernaturally to carry out this particular method you're about to share. Yeah, well, I think it is supernatural because it's a, it's God at work in human hearts. But I don't think it's supernatural in the sense that only the Son of God can do. Mm, okay. So again, the last night of Jesus' life in John 14, Jesus says to his disciples, you know, you'll do what I've been doing. In fact, you'll do even greater things than what I've been doing. Mm, yeah, that's a confusing verse. <laughs> yeah, so is, is Jesus lying? Or was he talking? I mean, in other words, to be a disciple maker um, is the mission for anybody that claims to know Jesus and follow Jesus. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter your experience. It is the mission that we've all been given. Hmm. Jesus passed that baton on to his disciples, and they passed that baton on to others, all the way down to you and I and those mm -hmm. of us that are listening. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I love how that even just, just stating that fact that real, I hate to say the word real, but and maybe we'll just say obedient disciples um, of Jesus are disciple makers because the Great Commission is to be, do what he did, and he made disciples to go and make disciples. And I used to think, as a Christian, as long as I'm a disciple, you know, I love Jesus, and I even I, I value what he values, and I'm good. But that's actually not, I mean, that's good, but the heart of discipleship is to make more disciples. And so it's not enough just to know and believe and even to value. If you value what he values, we value investing in other people. We value in discipling. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we, we value those things. But it goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, it's all about Jesus. In other words, Jesus' method or strategy uh, started with inviting people into relationship with him. Mm. He's a rabbi, and he said, yeah, I, I want to really invest my life into you. Mm. So the, really the, the call of the gospel and, and the, the message of the gospel um, is about relationship. Hmm. It's about a relationship with a real person. It's Jesus invites us in a relationship. Do hmm. you trust me? Are you willing to believe in me? Hmm. Are you willing to to walk with me and and go with me? Do you want Do you want me? Yeah. And so that's where Jesus's really strategy began. It was it was investing in relationships. Hmm. In fact, a disciple can only be made in the context of relationships. I think one of the things we've done is we've, uh, we have discipleship programs. Mm, and I yeah. think we've really depersonalized uh, this by thinking that it's not about a relationship, it's about a class. Right. You know, right. and we, we said, we'll just get you into class. I did a class for nine months, and now I am a 
<laughs> disciple. Disciple. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's 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 so much more than that. Right. Um, so it's it was Jesus, you know, investing his life into others and really reproducing his life into them. And and so mm-hmm. there's three words that really and we'll probably unpack these three words, but if we could kind of like handlebars as far as Jesus' strategy, three keys to it. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it was relational. Yeah. It was, it, everything was relational. Right. People were important. Right. Um, Jesus did programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't feed 5,000 people plus women and children without <laughs> having some kind of like program. <laughs> right. Some strategy. <laughs> some kind, some, right. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus isn't against programs. We, and especially the American church in our recent history, been all about programs. Mm. See, programs are great, but the program isn't the purpose. The mm. program is one of the, the means that God allows us to, you know, a tool to use to, in order to help people grow. Right. It's about the people. It's not about the program. And all that, we, we, we make jokes about killing the sacred cow, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, we start a program, and then we don't ever want to kill the program. Even though the program is no longer helpful. Uh, effective or helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. It, uh, and right. so... Yeah, another word is intentional. So what, what's what's I think Jesus was very very intentional mm-hmm. in where he went and what he did. Right. And we we could spend hours and hours and hours looking through the Gospels and dissecting um, just chronologically where he went and who he spoke to as mm-hmm. he moved people through a maturing process yeah. to the point where at the end of his life he had a group of guys. Now he's ready to pass the baton mm-hmm. onto them. Very intentional. Um, some important, I think, leadership questions that really any leader and really all of us, you know, can ask, not just leaders, but just impersonal. Um, at any time, what am I doing and why am I doing it? Hmm. I yeah. think, I think if you ask Jesus at any point in his life and his earthly ministry, Hey Jesus, why are you walking to Nain today? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, why, what, what are you doing and why are you doing it? He would give you, here's why I'm doing it, here's what I'm doing, and here's why I'm doing it, because mm-hmm. this is helping in the process of disciple-making with those that he was investing his life in. Yeah. Um, very intentional. Um, one word is relational. Um, context relationships. Another is intentional. Jesus is very intentional where he went. And then um, it was always the North Star was the mission. Always mm-hmm. it was about the Father's mission for him, and he mm-hmm. never deviated from that. So mm. that's why I think last time we talked about Mark one thirty five, healing Peter's mother-in-law. The next morning, they can't find Jesus. Mm. Jesus says, no, we have to go to the next town instead, right. of, instead of stamp shop here. And honestly, you know, if people are super excited at what you're doing, it's really tempting just to, you know, set up shop there. Yeah, when you're popular and, and yeah. things are working, you look pretty successful or whatever that word is that we yeah. want to use. You know, and, and Peter's like, hey, everyone's looking for you. Jesus says, great, we're going to a different town. <laughs> Peter's yeah. like, what? But mm. see, because Jesus was was on mission, he knew what the Father's mission was. He was very intentional, and mm. and it was about the relationships. Because who went with him to the next town? His disciples. Yeah, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, we're leaving your, your house. We're going to the next mm. town. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So. Yeah, interesting. I like how you you mentioned and brought up the point that, you know, the to be relational, to be intentional, to be missional. I think, especially with programs and even being a youth pastor, like we do a lot of programs for the youth, and, and we we structure and we plan. But I think sometimes we're so invested in the program, we forget 
the why. Like, you know, uh, really, the program should help the mission. The program should help build relationships. The program should be intentional to help people connect with each other and with God. And yeah, I do think we idolize programs at the expense of the mission, at the expense of relationships. And our intentionality is more for numbers than it really is. Yeah, for it's, the, it's really tempting to go in those directions. I mean, we're all tempted, you know, to go that way, especially yeah. if something's successful. Mm-hmm. We think, oh, we should do that again. Right. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it just, it, yeah. it, it depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a lot, lot that goes into that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think, and and then you know, next week, um, this whole question of what does it mean to be relational? Because I think mm-hmm. that's where you start getting into kind of the details, um, yeah. you know, um, relational relationships. You know, we started this, you know, little series about you know what's my purpose? My purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Right. But that's in the context of a relationship mm-hmm. is how we make much. of. I mean, when I say, Jesus, you're worth more than anything in this world, I'm giving him glory because I'm saying you you are a priority to mm-hmm. me. But that is not just someone distant from me, but one that actually gave his life for me mm. yeah. so that I could have a relationship with him to yeah. enjoy him to, for forever. That's, that's, personal. What, that's, that, that's very yeah. personal, you yeah. know. And so, you know, it's about Jesus and we bring Jesus you know, honor and glory, and we bring the Father glory when we are focused on Jesus and, and what he was about and what he commanded. And so mm-hmm. he commanded us to make disciples until God calls us home. And so we give him honor and glory by being faithful and obedient. Well, how do we do that? It's through relationship <laughs> with Jesus and getting yeah. to know him. And so again, it's all about Jesus. Um, a disciple is somebody that desires to know Jesus and follow him and and really allow Jesus's heart and character and Jesus's values and priorities mm. to saturate my life. So that when people look at me, they don't see me as much and much mm. over time. They see more like I'm like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. We want, we want to love Jesus in such a way that when people look at us, they look up, not just stare at us and what we're doing. And yeah. and yeah, the method, right? Jesus was relational, intentional, missional. And that's something we can do too. In fact, Jesus, like you said earlier, we can do even greater things than he did because we have the Holy Spirit that that is can last far beyond just three and a half years of ministry. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to dive into to these method and, and to learn from God's word yeah. how he actually was relational. So and, next time we'll talk about just re- relational and intentional, mm-hmm. being intentional in relationships. You know, mm-hmm. that's on mission. Yeah. Missional. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited. And guys, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we just so appreciate you guys uh, listening and tuning in. And you know, I really, if you have friends or or family that might really benefit from from these podcasts, we ask you to share it and just kind of get the word out. Again, not because we're so great, but because God's mission and honestly, to make disciples. I mean, that that's that's a message we need to share and be bold about. So, if you wouldn't mind sharing this with your friends, we really appreciate it. And if you have any questions. You can reach out to us at thepumapodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Even questions you might have about some of these topics. We'd love to maybe even dive into those here on the podcast. So, yeah, guys, thank you for tuning in. And tune in next week, Fridays at 1010, for the next episode. Have a good one, guys. Yep, bye-bye. Bye.